Si se gato se me ha perdido. Tu papá tiene la cara. Yo no necesito dos pendejos jodirme la vida. Es Catscon. La puerta está abierta. ¡La puerta está abierta! Oh man, that five car pile up on Rockaway Boulevard, Stephen. It killed me. If it wasn't for that, uh, that that numbskull would be on a on a plane to Seattle. On a plane to Seattle, but unfortunately he's struggling to feed himself. <laughs> so poor guy. After getting into a fight with a busboy. Yeah, I know, I know. And the poor busboy didn't hold up too well either. Tragedies before on everyone. It is, but this isn't a tragedy. This is another episode of But I Don't Wanna Be a Secondary Character and welcome for another week of shenanigans. This is a podcast about Seinfeld, the greatest sitcom of all time, and we talk about the secondary characters in random episodes of the show. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. And this week we're going to season two, and we're talking about the bus boy. Uh, you you were saying off air, Stephen, before we went on. Uh, it's an episode of firsts. Yeah, many firsts, and we'll get into that a bit later when we go through the episode trivia. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, a an episode that changed a lot for the show, but sure. uh, not not a very memorable episode. I wouldn't say that this is a, a classic episode by by most people's standards. No. But uh, a solid episode nonetheless. Yeah, and it's very interesting some of the character dynamics and the fact that you know Jerry had. No storyline. Yeah. It just, and it was funny how the, the episode was so self-aware of that. Like, even if Jerry was about to get involved, Jerry would say, no, I'm not getting involved, or you don't need me. That's true. I never thought of that. Very, it was very self-aware. I yeah, liked it. He, yeah. yeah, no, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, I wonder yeah, if that yeah. was a deliberate move. It feels too coincidental to not be. Yeah, I, I, it's definitely something I could imagine, because Larry and Jerry wrote the episode. It's true. I could imagine it was, you know, it came from their brains, yeah. their minds. It's true. Yes. Today's uh, secondary character, Stephen, who, who are we uh, talking about? Uh, well, we'll be talking about the uh, eponymous busboy, Antonio, and uh, I've also got notes on Eddie, the... Uh, the man that Elaine loves and then very much despises. Yeah. <laughs> For no real reason. <laughs> For no real reason But we'll try all. and figure that out when we talk about him. We will. And uh, we'll talk about a bit about the manager as well. Okay. A couple, a, notes, couple I, of notes on him. I don't have any yeah. notes on him, but yeah, uh, yeah we'll, we'll get into him. Yes. Before we do, though, uh, you can get in touch with us by email, bidwabask, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C podcast at gmail.com. You can say hello on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit. Uh, you can listen to this podcast as well as all of our older episodes. We're in our 90s now, so we're close to 100. Jeez, we're, what do they call them? Not octogenarians. What are the the 90s ones? I'm not sure. <laughs> no idea. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the only 90s I know is uh, the 1990s. And yeah. speaking of, this yes. is a bit of a, a diversion, but um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, it, very sad that two 90s icons died today oh, or overnight. Uh, yeah, uh, Luke Perry and uh, the guy from The Prodigy. Keith Flint. Keith yeah. Flint, yeah. Yeah, so both, both very iconic and important to 90s sort of pop culture. Mm. And, and after that as well, they, you know, they had a, a, you know, an impact after that. Yeah, Luke Perry was quite successful in the, the show Riverdale That's on right. Netflix. He was in that. Yeah, my yeah. favourite role he's ever been was in Oz. He was a priest. Oh, okay. You know, did you ever see Oz? You know, no. the prison show? No. It was, sort of, it was sort of the show that kicked off HBO's Golden Age yeah. before The Sopranos, uh, and he was a priest in that. Oh, yeah. So and Luke was, Perry was 35 
when 90210 came out. So he yeah. must have been in his 40s when Oz came out. <laughs> and then he was 52 when he passed. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. know. Jeez. So, Rest in peace, fella. Yeah, I thought they were worth bringing up, not just because of our age, but also because, you know, we the Seinfeld is a 90s, is a 90s show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the 90s had a pretty big influence on who we are. Yeah. That, that was our, they were our formative years, and, and those two were part of it in some sort of way. Mm-hmm. And nine more episodes until we get a letter from the Queen. Yes. <laughs> True. In, in, in Commonwealth countries, for those who are... Uh, in the US or Canada. Oh, no, Canada's Commonwealth. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yep. Uh, in non-Commonwealth countries, the Queen of England sends you, or you get a letter uh, signed by the Queen when you're 100 years old. Yeah. So 100 episodes in and... I think it's just think a photocopied letter and a stamp. Yeah, probably. I is. don't think she sits there writing letters. <laughs> Maybe she does. Maybe back in the day when there was probably like three people who lived to 100 and she's <laughs> yeah. like, I have to do one of these a year. It's fine. <laughs> now there's hundreds <laughs> and she's like, oh. Now the average life expectancy for a lady is like 85 and for a man it's like 81. <laughs> she's probably got a full-time writing staff now. <laughs> yes. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Anyway. <laughs> Just uh, like we did last week, Steve, uh, we're doing Seinfeldisms and Seinfeld trivia at the start of the episode. That's right. We've recently yes. changed our format based on some uh, feedback that we got in a survey that we did late last year and early this year. So uh, if this is your first episode in a little while, uh, things might be a bit different. We're not uh, including or uh, or getting rid of any... Uh, sorry, we're not uh, introducing or getting rid of any uh, new segments. We're just swapping the order around a bit. Uh, before we do get into Seinfeldisms and Seinfeldy, though, I just wanted to mention that you can find us on Patreon. Yes, well, you can. Yes. Forward slash Bidwabask. Uh, and you can check out our tiers $1 a month, $2 a month, and $5 a month. And each tier gets you various levels of access. That's right. The $5, and, uh, $5 a month. The $5 a month. Uh, sorry, I was going to say, Steve. The $5 tier is for uh, content creators. That's true. So if you have a podcast, a video series, any kind of other creative thing that you want to present to the world, to we have listeners in over 60 countries. Uh, you know, you pay $5 a month and you get uh, four promos in the month. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Send yeah. us your copy and uh, we'll read it out for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. Can, we can work something out and mm. figure something out that yeah. uh, is uh, is good for everyone. Yes. Why don't you read Seinfeldia? Yes. Uh, a 30 <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, I was going to say the other joke, but out of respect for Luke Perry. Which one? Yeah, had a stroke. Oh, I was right. Like, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not, no. No. Um, <laughs> Too soon. Next week. Next week. Yeah. <laughs> um, a 30-second ad spot during the Seinfeld finale cost $2 million. Holy shit. It's almost as much as the Super Bowl. I was about to say that's Super Bowl level yeah, it is. ad prices. By comparison, the same spot in the 1998 Super Bowl went for $1.3 million. Well, there you go. There you go. Hmm. And in regular 97 to 98 Seinfeld episodes, it was $575,000. Still a lot of money. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Have Season got- one, I heard it was about 10 grand. <laughs> 10 bucks. <laughs> 10 bucks. They were probably paying just to get advertisers yeah. To, yeah. to put spots in. During their ad breaks. And for $30 a month, you can advertise on this. (laughs) (laughs) Good segue. Yes. Good segue. Uh, Do you have any Seinfeldisms this week? Oh, geez. Well, I guess uh, it wasn't really a Seinfeldism, but we have... um, There's been a bit bit of a delay in doing our uh, season 10 finale, our Mm. 10th episode, because we've been working on the artwork and uh, the show notes for older episodes. Let's be honest, you have. Uh, You've spent hours putting up the artwork on old episodes. Don't give me any credit for it. Don't say we when it's you. No, but I guess with the Seinfeldisms, it was great. You know, I saw a lot of old scenes of episodes and, you know, screenshotted pictures and stuff. That was my my biggest Seinfeldism. So you Googled Seinfeld. Yeah, I guess so. You were like, that's a Seinfeldism. That doesn't count. And also, Stephen, it's kind of a semi... (laughs) It's kind of a semi-Seinfeldism. On the way over, I, I saw a cap on the road like someone must have their cat must have fallen off or something mm. it had tightless it's true and then I went is that a 
Is that a title? No, I went titleist. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Look, close enough. Close, close enough. enough. I've 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 really um you know stretched my Seinfeldism, so we'll I'll I'll let that one pass. Sure. Uh, I've got two. One is Stacey's, our regular, uh, semi regular guest and, mm. and friend of the pod, Stacey. Hello, Stacey. And you can listen to her on the uh, betrayal episode that we did before. And what's the deal with Jackie Charles? That's right. She that's was right. front and center with me. Yep. When I was away, talking. I know. Uh, did so a bang up job too. She well did. done. One of hers, and uh, one of them is mine. So. Uh, she was in New Zealand recently and uh, she was in a small town and she said she was looking at the pub. I think they were going there for a beer or something. And uh, she noticed on a sign at the pub that says, uh, that said, what's the deal? And uh, <laughs> nice. upon closer inspection, it was like their trivia night. It wasn't Seinfeld trivia. Oh, it wasn't. Just okay. just their general knowledge trivia that they nice. have every week or something called What's the Deal? So I thought that was a pretty good Seinfeldism. I thought it was going to be trivia about blackjack or cards. It's like, yeah. what's the deal? <laughs> deal. <laughs> 21. <laughs> That's the deal. That's, That's literally deal. how you play. That's right. What shit trivia? What's the deal with blackjack? Really simple rules. Yeah, and you cool. Can bust. You win trivia. Twenty-two or more, you bust. That's true. <laughs> yeah. uh, actually, there is more to more to blackjack and twenty-one than uh, than you know. You play it for a little while, and there's more to it. Mm, yeah. Uh, the other Seinfeldism, it's kind of more than one combined into one, if that makes sense. No. Uh, I listen to a lot of other <laughs> podcasts, which I've mentioned many times before. Yeah. And uh, through the week, there seem to be a higher number of Seinfeld references and mentions just in the general podcast I listen to. Mm, okay. Can't recall specific what uh, ones in whatever podcast. But, just in general. Yeah, there was like three or four mm-hmm. through the week. Uh, in 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 the podcast I listen to nice. for various reasons. So you know, I just thought I'd bundle them together and count them as one rather than individual Seinfeldism. Seinfeld's returning to the pop culture zeitgeist. I think it is it's great. Well, it's never really gone away. Yeah, you know, just well, the, the the awareness is sort of maybe going up a bit. Well, they need a season ten and a couple of uh, writers. <laughs> wink, wink. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and then. Uh, and then they just and one one day we're watching Netflix and it's like oh Seinfeld's on the new episodes. Hey, these are our plots. They're just jack our stories. You buggers. You bastards. <laughs> anyway, let's go through some uh, episode trivia. Or do you want to go through your synopsis first? Oh, are we doing uh, Seinfeld, oh, shit. News? Seinfeld News? My bad. All of this, all of this, all this uh, swapped <laughs> segments has got me confused. How many segments do you have today? Uh, I've got four bits of Seinfeld News. Beautiful. Yeah, let's do that first. <laughs> all right. So uh, this one came today, actually, a couple of hours before recording. Uh, both Sean Penn and Jonah Hill, both uh, well-known actors, were spotted recently on the set of the forthcoming tenth season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, nice. Which uh, I believe will come out later this year or early next year. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm not too sure how long it's uh, or how far along it is in its production, mm-hmm. but. Uh, yeah, you can expect appearances from both of those actors. Uh, the second bit of news is a woman in Athens, Georgia, is suing Chick-fil-A, which is an American uh, fast food chain, mm, yeah. after they handed her a hot coffee with a defective lid. Uh-oh. Uh, causing her to spill it and resulting in severe and permanent burns, which have so far cost her $21,000 in medical expenses. And Jackie Charles jumped onto the scene and, yep. uh, you know... <laughs> His, uh, his, he, at first, he rejected her, her request for legal representation, but when he heard it was Chick-fil-A, his eyes lit up. <laughs> I want a piece of them for you. <laughs> I want a piece of chicken filler for you. A piece of chicken breast. Nice. Uh, now, the third bit of news, uh, Bradley Cooper and uh, Jerry Seinfeld, uh, I shouldn't even need to say Seinfeld, I should just say Jerry, yeah. uh, were both spotted at a Brooklyn diner. Uh, at first, when I started reading this article, I thought it was a, a celebrity spotting for the next season of uh, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Apparently not. They weren't being filmed. They were just hanging out, 
having dinner and or having, yeah. having lunch or something. And by the time this episode comes out to my non-Patreon listeners, you would have heard our episode 9 of season 10 and Bradley Cooper is actually in it. Yeah. I can't... Like, I didn't know that they were friends. Yeah. Why did we just picked Bradley Cooper as, like, the cameo and it worked? Yeah. Because, you know, Bradley Cooper, like, the Oscars and... Star, Star is born, born you know, he's kind of like the hottest thing at the moment. Definitely. So I was like, yeah, let's just get him. Yeah. So it actually worked out really well. Yeah, really strange coincidence. Amazing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the diner itself is called Brooklyn Diner, and apparently it's been a favourite of Jerry's for years, um, and he's been spotted there many times on his own and with other celebrities. So Lovely. this is just one of many, many sightings. And uh, they were talking, you said, about soup, right? Uh, Wasn't it pea soup? I'm not sure. Oh. I The article that I saw... Uh, has just said that they were spotted together. Oh, spotted together, yeah. Okay. I thought I read that they were eating, like, split pea soup or something. Okay, maybe. And I thought, geez, lucky it wasn't Banya. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully Mandy's. Bradley... Mandy's. Hopefully Bradley wasn't a punisher. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, He's any. like, this doesn't count as this doesn't count as a meal, Jerry. I don't know why I talk like this, but... <laughs> I was snubbed for a Best Director Oscar, and now this. <laughs> what is this? And people I know think... you're trying to make me feel better, Jerry, but this isn't it. And people think I slept with Lady Gaga, and now this. <laughs> Uh, Now, I said before that there are four bits of news, or actually five, because I can't count. Uh, The fourth and second last bit of news, Sam Newman and Shane Warne, who are very big celebrities in Australia, but big, well, maybe England uh, and other parts of Europe. Well, I think Sam Newman probably outside of Victoria. Not many people know No, that's true. Anyway, these are two uh, Australian celebrities. Shane Warne is a very well-known, probably our most famous of all-time cricket player here. Mm. Uh, Sam Newman, I know him and I know his face. I can't even remember what he's known for. He was uh, a Geelong footy player. Ah, that's right. I knew he he was a sportsman. Anyway, uh, they've recently been compared to Jerry and Kramer in a new article that was put out uh, a little while ago by the Herald Sun. Yeah. The reason being is that uh, both have been rumoured to uh, be in the market or have maybe recently purchased new apartments at, an, at a luxury development in St Kilda, which mm. is a beachside suburb here in Melbourne. Uh, the development's called St Saint Moritz, I think, or St Moritz. Uh-huh. And uh, the apartments are rumoured to cost about 10 million bucks each. Easy. Chump and, change. Yeah, and because they're uh, two sort of bachelory guys uh, and they're good mates and they probably buy, have bought apartments across from each other, I can imagine some, you know, Jerry and Kramer-esque antics going on. You know, where <laughs> Sam, like, barges in and Shane Warne's, like, yeah, in the middle many... of, like, cheating on his wife. And... Yeah. Do you have Botox, Shane? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's with the cereal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sam Newman's known for his uh, having more plastic than the Pacific Ocean. That's true. <laughs> you know what That's I mean? True. Uh, and the final bit of news, and this is probably my favourite for the week, a uh, Nova Scotian company's senior staff is being charged with tax fraud after the Canadian Revenue Agency, which is similar to our tax agency, uh, and also the, what's it called in America? IRS. IRS. Yeah. I was about to say the IRA, but that's uh, that's a totally different organization. Uh, they've investigated them after they claimed that they'd done $117,000 worth of business with a mysterious organization called Vandalay Industries. Vandalay, I can't believe I read that and I was like, my God. <laughs> I know. That's I awesome. Know. And didn't they have to do like a, the victim had to do a Google search because they, they've heard the term before, yeah, but they so weren't they're, sure about it. They're like, oh, where have I heard that name, Vandalay Industries? Yeah, I'm not too yeah. sure what prompted the audit, the audit but yeah. the auditor was going through all of their... Uh, uh, all of their um, paperwork, oh, and, he the saw, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he saw, yeah, and he saw Vandal Industries. So that, that like, rings a bell. That rings a bell. Yeah, and yeah. then he did a Google search, and, and then like, uh, yeah, and then the whole thing unraveled. Perfect. So the fraud itself uh, happened between 2011 and 2015. Uh, it was about 3.6 million dollars of faked invoices, sales, and expenses. First, Mr. Osman, then the guy who got fired for eating What's going on, Canada? bread. 
No, no. Well, the, the guy in England who ate all the poppy seed bread. Oh, and, and now this, I'm just saying, like, all these news articles about Seinfeld or Seinfeld. Things. Seinfeld, I'm telling you, like I said before, it's coming back into pop culture. I think so. Seinfeld's back, baby. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. don't think it ever went away. Nah. Just more people are realizing that Seinfeld and real life are intertwined in ways you can't even fathom. It's a Seinfeld renaissance, and I'm here for it. Yep. We're right in the middle of it. Literally. <laughs> we're about halfway through the amount of episodes. So. Basically, yes. And this is episode 91 of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. Steve, what do you reckon? We'll take a quick break. And and uh, we'll talk about the bus boy and the secondary characters. Sounds good. We'll be back. Hello, we are not available now. Please leave your name and phone number after the beep. We will return your call. Welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. This week we are doing The Bus Boy, a season two episode of Many Firsts. That's right, season two, episode 12 yep. of the series. Um, so, a bit of a synopsis about the episode. First aired in the US on June 26th, 1991, directed by Tom Sherones, written by Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry, George, and Elaine are at dinner when a menu on an adjacent table catches on fire. Fire! Fire! <laughs> but luckily, George doesn't push any old ladies and children over, which is which is good. Yeah. It's actually pretty decent. Pretty decent, I should say, in this episode. One of the first that we'll talk about very soon. Yes. George puts out the fire and explains to the manager that the busboy, Antonio, played by David Labiosa, left the menu too close to a lit candle. Elaine jokingly declares that she's never eating there again. <laughs> the manager immediately fires the busboy. Elaine and George fear that their remarks may have caused the firing. Meanwhile, or afterwards, George and Kramer visit the busboy's ramshackled apartment to apologise, only to accidentally leave the door open, letting his cat Paquita out. A few days later, the busboy comes to see George and tells him that there was a gas line explosion at the restaurant, killing five employees. <laughs> Boy, including the busboy hired to replace him. Shit. <laughs> Moreover, his search for his cat was both successful and led him to stumble upon a better paying job, so it kind of worked out for him. It did. He didn't die and he got his cat back and he got another job. Temporarily worked out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Until uh, Eddie comes into the picture. Uh, he thanks George for inadvertently saving his life and getting him a better job. Elaine faces having a boyfriend, Eddie, stay with her for a week. Increasingly irritated by the live-in situation, she puts him on a plane back to Seattle, only to oversleep. And on the way to JFK, after encountering a five-car pile-up on Rockaway Boulevard. So he has to stay with her. Mm. Yes. With her boyfriend still with her, he gets into a shouting match and eventually a fist fight in the hallway of Jerry's apartment off screen with the busboy, resulting in injuries on both ends after they fall down several flights of stairs. <laughs> the busboy loses his new job, George is forced to take care of his cat named Paquita, and Elaine's boyfriend is bedridden at her apartment for several more weeks. So how long till he can leave Seattle or when he can feed himself? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Poor Elaine. Poor Elaine. Uh, there's no other secondary characters. No. That's it. Other just, than the manager, which you mentioned yeah, before. But, I mentioned uh, before, yeah. We'll chat about him briefly later on. Bit, yeah, for yeah. sure. Episode trivia. Yes. I'll, I'll start. Yes, please. Uh, so, as I've said a few times, this is a episode with a lot of firsts mm, for Seinfeld. Right. Uh the first first is that uh, this is the f very first episode that had intertwining storylines that kind of met up at the end. And, that's right, and, yes. Uh, and, 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 yeah. And, With Eddie and, and, and Antonio literally colliding. That's right. <laughs> Down a set flight of stairs. Literally. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, and that and that would become a pretty normal uh, writing style in, in future episodes and seasons. And, yes. Getting more and more complex. And, you know, once we get mm. into season eight and nine, we've got four, you know, moving parts and they all sort of coalesce at the end very nicely. That's right. And Larry David, he actually credited this episode as being the first to do that. Yep. Which is great. 
great. Um, this was the twelfth episode of the second season, despite being the eighth episode produced overall. Hmm. And I told you before, Steve, that Julia Louis she looks so young in this episode. Like she must have been like late twenties or something, because I saw her and I was like. Wow, she's young. Yeah. But it was like the eighth episode they did. Well, she's, what, like 57 now? Now, and, and yeah. And this came out in 91. Yeah, so she was so, like, what, like 28, 50. Yeah, she would have been 29, yeah, 28, 29. Yeah, I saw her and I'm like, wow, she's really young. Yeah. I'm like, wow, okay, but that makes sense because it was done, it was produced earlier. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, and another first for this episode. It's the first episode that, uh, well, I'll include a few things in this point because, uh, you know, they're all sort of related. It's the first episode that has Jerry not in the in the primary storyline. He's sort of in the background. He's involved in the storylines, but he doesn't have his own... He doesn't plot. have his own subplot. No, he doesn't. The first and only time that it's done that. That's true. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's also the first episode with uh, George and Kramer doing stuff together. That's right, yes. And also the first episode with solo scenes of Elaine. That's and right. Her own, she's had her own subplots, but uh, she, it's always been involved with one of the other core four or another mm. character. But this is the first time uh, it's been sort of her... Uh, her own subplot. I guess after the first seven episodes they produced, they decided to for the eighth one to experiment a little. Yeah. Plus, Larry and Jerry wrote the episode, so they were probably a bit more flexible in terms of their characters. They kind of knew what they wanted out of everyone, and that's how they did it. True. Which is great. Yeah. Um, this episode, Stephen, I, I couldn't believe this fact. It's had, throughout the um, Seinfeld's original run, the original run, it's had the fewest ratings of any episode. Hmm. 12 and a half million viewers wow. in the US. Huh. The fewest. There you go. I didn't believe that. There you go. So, okay. Cool. Oh. Another point is uh, this is well this another first actually. Uh, this is the first time that George talks about his obsession and and very uh, encyclopedic knowledge of bathrooms around New York he City. He does, yes. Um, and in a scene where Jerry's sort of quizzing him on his bathroom knowledge in the episode, um, he asks him to name the best bathroom around the intersection of 65th and 65th Street and 10th Avenue. Mm. Um, but uh, in, in real life New York City, there is no such intersection. Ah, there isn't, right. Yes. So he just made it up? Yeah, he did. Yeah. I think, I think uh, you know, for New York, like you could say, what's at the corner of 76 and 14th Street? And everyone <laughs> would be like, that sounds legit because there's so many of those sorts of streets in New York. Or you can say, what's at the corner of 1st and 1st? Yeah. The nexus the of the nexus universe. The nexus of the universe. <laughs> yeah. I'm at the nexus of the universe. The nexus of the universe. Um, a continuity error with this episode, Steve. Yeah. Well, it's not quite... I guess you can kind of... Forgive the discrepancy because of the way that the episodes were produced. George hands Antonio a business card saying he's in real estate, but in The Revenge, a previous episode, George quits his job. Mm. But I guess, like I said, to be fair, The Revenge was produced later. Yeah. So that, you know, you can kind of forgive that continuity error. Yeah, well, it's not even really a continuity error. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, a, you know, the production the production run didn't match the airing run. Yeah. So, yeah. That's right. Julie yep. Louie wasn't happy with her performance. Yeah. She was very dissatisfied. She said that the, the dead stare when she comes in after she uh, attempts to drop off Eddie at the airport, mm. she comes in sort of disheveled in her nightingown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she, she didn't it, like it. No, nightingown, nightgown. Nightgown. Uh, yeah. She, <laughs> Nighting, she's going to joust. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Onward, upward. Ready? <laughs> uh, yeah, she she regrets that sort of choice of 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 portrayal of yeah. her, you know, driving like a like a a maniac, like a maniac. I thought she was great. In this I episode. thought it was really good because she's really sort of good, like yeah. almost in a trance. Yeah, that's right. She's almost you know she was so in tune with the traffic that you know she's almost in a trance like yeah, state. That's and I thought I it was thought. really fitting. But I thought it was really nice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh well. Yeah. She can regret it if she wants. We don't. No. <laughs> um, anything else? No, that's all the trivia I have. What about you? Yes, I have a couple more facts. Okay. Uh, Antonio's cat, as I have mentioned a couple of times, is named Paquita. Paquita is an alcoholic drink. 
It consists of orange juice, key lime juice, tequila, and grenadine syrup. Oh, yes. there you go. And uh, this is the only time in the series where George does something to help someone other than himself. Yep. And uh, people speculate, fans and, and everyone speculate that the result of his actions... So Antonio and Eddie falling down the stairs and injuring themselves might explain why he almost never does anything unselfish again. Uh, he doesn't see it as a worthwhile endeavour to help people. No. It, it works out badly anyway. That's right. So, so he's, he's like, like, fuck it. He's like, fuck it. Just gonna be, I'm just going to be, be a cunt. Yeah, that's, so people link that. They reckon that's the turning point. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. he's, up until this episode, he's a bit selfish, but he's not a neurotic asshole. No, he's he not. He sort of turns into George, yeah. you know, at the end of season two. So that would make sense. That would make perfect sense, yes. Indeed. Anyway, secondary characters, what we're here for. Yes. yes. Why don't we start with Eddie? We'll, we'll leave, start with Eddie. Yeah, we'll leave Antonio the star and uh, the titular character second. Okay. Eddie, yes. Yeah, so he's played by Doug Ballard. Uh, he's an actor known for The Descent Part 2, Hudson Street, and uh, The Dark Knight. Yeah. I knew I recognised him. Yeah, he plays to... a businessman, I think. Yeah, he? when they're in the ferries in The Dark Knight, uh, when, you know, when the Joker sets up the two ferries, they oh, have to, like, yeah. blow each other up. That's right, And he's yes. the one guy who comes up, and he, he's sort of, like, morally grandstanding. Oh, he's like, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. going to do it. And, you know, those people had oh, their chance at life. Yes. But when he, when he actually gets the trigger, he, he doesn't, he do, doesn't it. do it. You yeah. Because he realises yeah. that he doesn't want to be responsible. Because the other boat's a group of prisoners. That's right. Yeah. 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 And he sort of, yeah, has a has a bit of a, a bit of a... A rant, but then when it actually comes down to it, he doesn't have the doesn't have the gall to do it. There you go. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, so he's from Seattle. Yeah, that's right. This is Eddie, the character, not Doug Ballard. <laughs> he's part of the Seattle scene. Yes, <laughs> I assumed he was a businessman visiting New York because Jerry actually makes mention of the fact that he's come to New York to do business. He doesn't say what sort of business, no, um, or whether business is just a general term for his visit. But I assume he's a professional and is there for you know his own business or. Or yep. working for a company. And he's still very keen on Elaine. Jerry mentions that the the Bennis tattoo doesn't quite rub off as easy. No, it doesn't. So that means he's back for some more. <laughs> and then, you know, Elaine has to say that she's on a period for the last five days so they don't have sex. Yeah. Yeah, so. I want to know mm. what, because Elaine mentions that he's a lovely guy. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with him. There's only one small scene with him in it, and he's like half asleep. That's right. Confused as uh, to why Elaine's trying to, to rush kitchen. him out the door. Why go to the kitchen? There's a bag of cashews in there. Yeah, like nothing. <laughs> nothing in that scene gives any indication as to why she would hate him. Well, that's what we're here for. We're yeah. here to hypothesize, aren't well, we? Yeah. <laughs> my my long winded setup is to ask you the question: Why do you think Elaine hated him? If she if she says she basically says there's no logical reason. I just hate him. You I know, can't stand him. I hadn't really thought about it too much, you know, before you asked that question. Mm. But maybe uh, he was he, he probably could have been too clingy, maybe. Like, okay. maybe... Uh, that's just a guess. Maybe yeah. Elaine wasn't so keen on him, but he was really keen on her, and mm. she didn't quite reciprocate, and he's a bit too, you know, wanted to be his her boyfriend and all that right. kind of stuff. Maybe and then Elaine wasn't really cool with that. And so do you think maybe... He's a bit too... I don't know. Like too needy? Too needy, maybe. I mean, that's like, probably, that's probably I, one theory. Yeah, no, no. I think that 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 uh, that makes a lot of sense. I can imagine a situation where, you know, they met in New York and then he's like, oh, I've got to go back to Seattle and they had phone numbers and they talked on the phone and he's like, oh, hey, I'm going to come over next week and spend a week with you. What do you think? And in theory, Elaine was like, oh, that's so sweet. That's so nice. Like, but when he's actually there, yeah. the reality doesn't match up to the, to the sort of fantasy of like, oh, this guy's coming from the other side of the country. Yeah. But when he's actually there, she's like, oh, wait, I don't. The idea, the romantic idea of doing that is 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 great, but the actual reality of him being there is just sort of like cramping a style, I guess. Yeah, right, you know? right. I don't know. It's just, and because they have to share a bed as well, and yeah. poor Elaine's at the edge of the bed. Yeah. yeah. You know how sometimes the thought of something doesn't match the reality of it? You think, yeah. oh, that sounds great, but when it actually happens, you're like, oh, 
Right. I, I Yeah, I wish this wasn't actually happening. Do you think he's like a ball breaker? No, no. I, I, I thought maybe because, you know, she's attracted to Putty and she, she the, the, the men she's generally attracted to are sort of like... Men with you know, high like, status or domineering, yeah, like, like cocky, masculine you know, kind of men. Yeah, they've got, yeah. Some, they've got some status about them or mm. they're, they're, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, they're quite masculine. I've got a theory that maybe he's a bit of a wiener. Maybe he's just a, a bit wiener. of you know. Maybe he's just a bit of a dork. <laughs> maybe you yeah. know because he doesn't. I mean, again, he, you only see him for thirty seconds, and you don't really see him as a character. No, no, no. But he he doesn't give a you know he doesn't give like a putty vibe or a or <laughs> no. a sort of a, a masculine alpha vibe. He's a bit of a <laughs> he's a beta male. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. I think it's just a bit of a wiener, which is fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with wieners, but for Elaine's. Hmm. You know, for Elaine, she's she wants not really someone a bit more authoritative. Not authoritative, but with a bit more. Just who's not a wiener. <laughs> no, who's more domineering. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah. 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 I think she dislikes sort of more alpha males rather yeah. than beta males. And yeah. Wiener males. <laughs> wiener, wiener males. Yeah. And, and, and you're right. I mean, at the time, Elaine probably thought this is fantastic. Yeah. And then you're right. Reality kicked in and it didn't work. Yeah. yeah. I think you're right. I think the whole the illusion or the idea of him mm. coming to New York, like. Made it good for her, and she was pretty happy about it. But then yeah. when it happened, she's like, eh, yeah. "What was I thinking?" Yeah, not really yeah. into it. That's right. And I think that's why Elaine didn't want to have sex with him either, because she, you know, she makes a really in the first episode with uh, Putty. You know, she makes a point sarcastically to Jerry that why would I find him sexually attractive? Just all that animal magnetism, like mm-hmm, you know, because mm-hmm. he's a he's a working class guy who sweats and works with cars and stuff. Yeah. If uh, if we go along with the idea that Eddie's a bit of a wiener. I don't think she would find him sexually attractive, even though she's like, he's a lovely guy. There's nothing wrong with him. He's not doing anything wrong. He's a wrong. snag. He's a just sensitive new age guy. Maybe, but he's just not. She just doesn't want to fuck him, and that's why she's like, "No, nah, I'm on, I'm on my period." Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, that's what I. That's think. usually a good excuse for women. Uh, I'm on my period. Yeah. Well, I guess it's probably reliable. <laughs> yeah, it is. But if you don't want to have sex with a woman while they're on their period, then you're a wiener. Just deal with it. Put a towel down and get on with it. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, yikes. Yikes. Anyway. Anyway, do you have anything else about Eddie? Uh, no, I don't. I just think... I agree. I think he's a wiener. Yeah. And, uh, probably yeah. a great... I, and I don't mean wiener as in, like, he's a bad person. No, 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 I just no. mean that he's not he's just a... just a bit of a dork. Yeah, it's just a bit yeah. of a bit of a nerdlinger, <laughs> bit of a dork, bit of a wiener. Someone that Elaine doesn't want to fuck. And and he wasn't alpha enough to think of the towel. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Or just just laying the towel. Just you know. <laughs> the reason I bring that up is that a lot of guys having a sponge, yeah. <laughs> being sponge worthy. Yeah, he wasn't sponge worthy. He wasn't Eddie sponge-worthy, was not no. sponge worthy. No, no, no. He was. He wasn't even towel worthy. It's like a crime scene in here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a crime scene in my pants. What's oh, that no. from? Oh, that's no from. Oh, it's from. Uh, What's that terrible movie with Ashton Kutcher and, and Natalie oh. Portman, the casual sex one? Oh. I think it's called Casual Sex. I thought you were going to say, Dude, Where's My Car? The terrible oh. movie with Ashton Kutcher. I'm trying to think of a good movie with Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> I can't think of any. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. let's talk about Antonio, the and titular busboy. Played by actor David Lia- Labiosa. That's what I was trying to say. Known for appearing in the films Blood In, Blood Out. Yes, that's the name of the film. <laughs> and uh, Bulletproof. <laughs> As well as the TV shows 24 and Santa Barbara. Maybe that was done by the Red Cross. Maybe it was like a documentary. True. Blood in, blood out. It's to encourage blood donations. Sounds like a gang movie. <laughs> blood like, in, blood out. Yeah, the philosophy of you know gang membership is blood in, blood out. Or maybe it was like one of Michael Corleone's lines in The Godfather 3. First they put the blood in, then they take the blood out. <laughs> then they pull me back in. Then they pull the blood back in. <laughs> it's probably that. Yeah, so... I, before we get into sort of his character mm. in the episode and everything yeah. around him, I wanted to ask you, yeah. where do you think he's from? Because he's obviously not American. He's, he's, he's Latin American. Yeah. But I couldn't, 
I was trying to think of, uh, you know, because there's subtle accents. I'm not the best at detecting different accents in, in Hispanic countries. But, you know, sometimes you can tell the difference between, say, like a Mexican accent versus a Central or South American accent. I'm I couldn't gonna, pick one. I'm going to say Cuba. Okay. Because it, it's funny. I don't know if this is, I, I don't know if it's his natural accent. I've never heard him in real life. I have mm. no idea what David's accent is. But it felt like it was kind of like a quasi Tony Montana kind of voice. You okay. know how he was like, you're in my way, man. Yeah, that's you know? true. That's yeah. like, you know, Tony Montana's from Cuba. And, yeah. you know, when Ed and him confronted each other, he's like, oh, you got out of my way. Yeah, well, You know, that's when he true. goes to George, he's like, three days, three nights ago. Yeah. There was a gas line explosion. Mm. You know, he was talking like that. Mm. I was like, oh, maybe he's from Cuba. Okay. I'm guessing he's from Cuba. Okay. No, that, that makes sense. I, yeah, I can yeah. get on board with he that. Came, he came to Miami, Florida with Tony Montana and, mm. and his mates, and <laughs> he became legit. He might have done some He dodgy. got out of the coke industry, and now, yeah. he's, now he's a busboy. Or if you can go that way, maybe he started off peddling drugs, or he be, he was a, like a part-time crim when he came here. Yeah. And then I, he kind of became a busboy. He wanted to you know, make ends meet or maybe he went to jail or something and then he kind of redeemed himself and he wanted to do an honest job and he became a busboy. I mean, that's one way you could look at it. Yeah, no, no, that's a possibility. I am leaning more towards, though, he's just an immigrant who, you know, he, maybe he's qualified or he has skills in his home country, but that doesn't, uh, you know... Translate over here. Doesn't translate over in America in for America, whatever reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's got to work a sort of a lower skilled or a lower paying job just to make ends meet. Yeah. And that might be why he's a bit angry and a bit frustrated because he just seems very upset in general yeah he's a he very does. sort of stern quiet sort of brooding man he's got a lot inside definitely one thing i noticed in his apartment steve i don't know if you did but at the front door on the right the boxing poster yes yeah maybe he's an amateur boxer i've got exactly the yeah, same thing yeah. i think I'm, he, I'm thinking he's into boxing somehow he's because you know he's quite fit yeah yeah i could see him as like a and he's quite he's you know seems like a lightweight boxer yeah and he's yeah. got quite a sort of a boxer's tough kind of posture he's got the like pigeon when, chest as yeah well. like when, Je- when George, chest. yeah when george and kramer come yeah. over hmm. he's sort of puffing up his chest i don't know if that's his natural posture because he's sort of relaxed a bit more when he comes uh to jerry's apartment at yeah, the end that's right um but, but he's but kind ma- of showing his dominance to kramer and, yeah and george. i think yeah, that's yeah, him yeah. just trying to sort of yeah, have have it over them. Yeah, that's right. You know, because they're coming over hat in hand and he's just trying to sort and, of... And he's got a bit of an underbite as well. Yeah. I noticed about him too. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I could definitely see him being... And maybe, you know, if we assume that he's an angry person, maybe because he knows his life can be better, but because of, you know... Circumstances. Circumstances. Whatever it might be. It can't be. Yeah. Uh, you know, that would cause a lot of resentment and anger in someone and uh, boxing could be his release. Maybe. You know. Or maybe he was a boxer in Cuba. Or yeah. wherever he is, and he's come here to try and make it big. It's true. You know, that's I mean, a good that's, point. That's a, no, I just happened to see the boxing. You saw it too, the boxing yeah, I did. poster, and I thought, oh, okay, yep. he must be a boxer. Yeah, you know? or at least a big boxing fan. Yeah, yeah. You know? I'm thinking because of his physique, he's probably a boxer. Yeah. And his aggression and that's true. his attitude. And stuff. Yeah. yeah, no, he'd make a good boxer. He would be, yeah. Uh, another thing I noticed as well is he's wearing a T-shirt uh, that says VF-213. I was oh, yeah. like, what is that? Uh, that? That's when he comes to Jerry's apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually it's a... It's got the, uh, the fist, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. What's that? It's actually a fighter pilot squadron in the US Air Force. Oh, okay. Um, And I don't know if he's just wearing it, you know, some he shirts bought it from a have, souvenir shop. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, some shirts just have, like, random logos or whatever on it. doesn't mean anything. But uh, I'm going to assume it does. And maybe he is... I don't know. Maybe he wasn't in the military but maybe he has some sort of admiration for the air force and the military maybe, maybe. he looks up to it maybe or I'm maybe not... he was in the military in his home country yeah maybe yep yeah. you know he's got some sort of respect for you know military or or, or the armed forces whatever that may be mm-hmm. um you know and that's his show of support yeah um 
you know, maybe he's also angry. Maybe he wants to be in the US military, but he can't but be. But he can't because of his citizenship status or yeah. whatever. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. But I, I liked him, you know. I, I like him as well. Yeah, he was good. Um, yep. Very well well acted. And uh, yeah, he was. Uh, his attitude was great. Yeah. And he loves his cat, Paquita. He does. Yeah, he's sort of a complicated character because he's obviously very angry and frustrated and a tense person, but he's got a very deep... Uh, love and connection to his cat. And Paquita's the only thing that he loves. Yeah. I can imagine him... Well, I think he's a bit of a loner. Yeah, well. I, I don't imagine too, him yes. liking people. And I'm pretty sure he's got a very dominating and a very aggressive manner. Mm. So if you try to meet him, he's just all... He, he'd just become really aggressive and he probably... He wouldn't be so, you know, communicative and... Yeah, you know, I just you try and talk to him and, you know... You, he, the, the first impression, if you ever spoke to a guy like him, just wouldn't be the best. Yeah, you would be like, I don't really want to spend time with this guy. guy. He yeah. looks, a bit, looks like he's going to punch me in the face. Definitely. And he, I mean, he gets into a fist fight at the end over the smallest thing just because they run into each other in the hall. And they fall down the stairs. Yeah, so he's obviously... And he breaks his leg. He does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I want to think that maybe after that fight, you know, because all of this bad luck befall, be, befell him, you know, like he lost his cat and he lost his job and then things came good and then things went bad again. So it's been a bit of an up and down ride yeah, for him. Right. Or, you know, for a week or two throughout this episode's uh, time span, I want to think that after he got out of hospital, maybe he finally realised that he's got to tone down the violence a bit. Yeah, maybe. Maybe be a bit, maybe be a bit warmer and a bit calmer. Maybe. Um, and he bought another cat. And he bought another cat. Tequila. Maybe. <laughs> Tequila. <laughs> and one thing I found really interesting, I'll, I'll just go back to the episode. Yeah. Um, with the episode, I found it really interesting how, you know how um, he Antonio goes to George and says, you know, all this stuff, despite the fact five people bloody died mm. jesus christ mm. you know what i mean like from a gas explosion that's bad yeah but you know his life was saved and he thanks george most sitcoms in that era would have ended there yeah i love how this episode just pulled the rug out I'm, i'd imagine if it was 1991 on june 26 when you were watching this yeah you were probably watching it and thought you know you watch you're watching full house and family matters and you know all those other kind of sitcoms that were out in the in the 90s i, I you know it's heaps you probably thought, oh, this is Seinfeld. Great. The audience is clapping. The end. And yep. then suddenly that happens. Mm. You would have been like, holy shit. Yeah. It's like, what? That's true. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of wrap it all up. Yeah. And then they unwrap it again. They unwrap it again. They just pull out the rug from everyone who was watching it. Yeah. All 12 and a half million viewers in the US. I'm sure it would have been... watched it live. <laughs> I'm sure it would have been quite jarring. Oh, you know, it would have been, Because yeah. it was atypical to the sitcom formula at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which... No, I just, I just thought about it and I was like, yeah, that's... that's. Um... No, that's a good point. Yeah, I didn't yeah. I didn't really think about that until... I guess because you watch Seinfeld and you just assume it isn't a typical sitcom. You don't think about that when you're watching it. Yeah. Because that's just what it is. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, when you make that point about when it was airing and what was going on and the fact that they could have wrapped it up and they didn't. Yeah, and that's a that's a that's a really good observation. So if Antonio was on Cheers or Full House or something, that would have been the end. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It would have, <laughs> you know, it would have there would have been a dilemma. Yeah, that's and right. then there was a resolution. Although five people dying is a pretty dark way. Yeah, of I don't think that would have gone down. No, down no, no, path, no, yeah. no. Someone would have felt sorry for him, or you know, he would have found his cat, and the person who found it happened to be a restaurant or owner. Or maybe they found out that he had a heart of gold. He donated to charity or something. Yeah, you know, you know I can ima- demeanor. Yeah, it'd be something know, like that. Yeah, instead of five people dying, I could imagine like, you know, he's desperately running along the street trying to find his cat, <laughs> and then someone finds him. And, uh, you know, he gets in a conversation and then that person happens to be a restaurant owner or yeah, something right. like that. And I've offers got him you a job. job. Woo! Yeah. You know, yeah. not not five people dying. Oh, and then he breaks his bones. Yeah, it, that's right. Pretty. That, the more I think about it, it's a pretty dark fucking ending. Like, <laughs> you know, I, know, I mean, it's five people dark. dying. And no, no, even when, when he says that. You know, George is stoked that it kind of worked out, but at the cost of five people's lives, like no one comments or reacts to no, that. He's like, don't. five people died, and he's just 
if if and you think they would have heard that on the news? Yeah, that would have happened. Who like knows? that restaurant? Yeah, and it was probably too too convoluted for the plot. Maybe, Maybe. they couldn't bring it. I in. don't know, but I'm nah. just thinking about that in real life. Like if if I was around someone and they were like, "Yeah, five people died last night or yesterday." I'd be Holy like, shit! But know, that's Seinfeld. Yeah, that's I know that. Nihilist attitude. But even even for. for them, like five people dying and no one reacts, it's even it seems like extra dark. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. For, for Seinfeld, it's almost like black humor. Like yeah, yeah, it's it's very strange. Anyway, anyway, um, you, but yeah, Antonio. Now I liked him, and uh, yeah, he's uh, he's a fellow that needs a bit of help. He does. Yeah, he and does. hopefully gets it. Gets it. Hopefully gets it. Gets it. Gots it. Hopefully uh, he recovered well. His I think leg. He, he, well, they had to take the cast off soon. So. He boxed his way to success. He sure did. And uh, Bakita got him through the dark times. He did. You have some notes about the manager? Oh, only a couple. Uh, okay. Played by actor John Del Regno. Uh, he appeared in the films Born on the 4th of July. Great oh. film. And Another 48 Hours. Okay. Um, he, I think he's... Del Regno is Italian, and mm-hmm. he kind of had that kind of Brooklyn, New Yorky kind of accent, mm. you know, when when um, George and Elaine were saying what happened. Yep. I think he runs a really tight ship at mm-hmm. that restaurant, uh, I don't think he really treats his workers too well. Yeah, a bit you know, of, a, he, he's bit of happy. an authoritarian, maybe? He's pretty, tr- yeah, he's very authoritarian. I think he's pretty trigger-happy as well. Right. He's just happy to just fire people and get them replaced. Yeah, because you know he knows that they're replaceable. Exactly, and they're yeah. on shitty wages. Mm. They, they rely on tips to survive, you know, like True. a lot of restaurant workers alike, unfortunately. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I just think, yeah, he's very authoritative and, um, yeah, he's probably a bit too demanding for, on his workers. Okay. Yeah. No, that's a fair observation. I yeah. could see him being a bit of a... Bit of a shit boss. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Don't okay. think it's his restaurant, though. I just think he's the manager. Yeah, he's the manager. He's the manager, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's all the secondary characters for this week's episode. The bus boy, not as many as usual, but uh, that's pretty normal for sort of season one, two, and three. Yes, but we're aiming to do all 180 episodes, so, you know, you'll get crackers like the one next week that we'll talk about after this break. Uh, and, yeah, you get ones like this. That's right. But we've committed to do all of them, so why not? I knew I was challenging the very laws of physics. At Queens Boulevard, I took the shoulder. At Jewel Avenue, I used the median. I had it. I was there. And then, I hit the Van Wick. They say no one's ever beaten the Van Wick. But gentlemen, I tell you this. I came as close as anyone ever has. And if it hadn't been for that five-car pile-up, on Rockaway Boulevard, <laughs> that numbskull would be on a plane for Seattle right now instead of looking for parking space downstairs. This is But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, and today we spoke about Antonio, Eddie, and the manager from the Season 2 episode, The Bus Boy, and Stephen, like we do every week when it is a normal episode, not What's the Deal. We find out where the episode sits in our top ones of all time. So out of the 73 episodes we've done, Steve, where does the bus boy sit for you? It sits at number 37. 37? Right in the middle. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, just a, a pretty good episode. A lot of firsts. Uh, I love Elaine in this episode. She's on fire. Um, yeah. I kind of like the last sort of four or five episodes we've done. Mostly like a few really good scenes, but just mostly really solid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I like the secondaries. I liked uh, Eddie. Yeah. Um, even though he's a wiener, and I like <laughs> and I like Antonio, even though he's a very, <laughs> very uh, seemingly angry, frustrated man. Yes. What about you? Oh, actually, it's it's seventy four episodes. My mistake. Okay. Still right um, in the middle. It's right mm-hmm. in the middle. Yes. Uh, the bus boy number fifty two. Okay. So yeah, actually, a lot of a lot of interesting things. I loved 
despite Julia not liking her scenes, I mm. liked her scenes. I thought she was great in this episode. When she's rushing around when they sleep yeah. in, that's one of that's probably like top ten Julia. Oh, Julia moment, Elaine moments. Yeah, in, for sure. In the series, for sure. Yeah, I liked Antonio. You know, the episode, you know, there's a few good season two ones, like classics like the Chinese restaurant, of course. Yeah. Yeah, the busboy is a is an average to above average, mm. probably an above average episode yep. of season two. You can tell it's an episode where the writers were still trying to figure a few things out. Because mind you, know, you it wasn't the, the one that was produced. Yeah. So they were still, it was very, they were still learning and yeah. figuring you know, it out. Yeah, trying to figure out all the dynamics of the characters and they were just trying to push things and pull things to see what worked. Yeah. But Bit not, of an experimentation. But not shit, like not, a, no, I no, thought no. it would be a shitty episode, but no. it was actually all right. Yeah, no. Yeah, it, enjoyable. And it was nice as well, you know, Jerry was kind of a secondary character in the episode. Yeah, it was I love that. It was good. Like, and, yeah, Jerry's lines yeah. were great. You know, he was so, he was so like, blase about the thing. He's like, I didn't say anything. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I'm not getting involved. Yep. I'm not getting involved. One of my favorite, and I feel like underrated, like, George Jerry scenes is when he's talking about pesto. Oh, yeah, like, pesto, pesto, pesto. He's like, everyone loves pesto. Everyone's like talking about pesto. Pesto, pesto, <laughs> pesto, pesto. And then... Um, I don't like say, pesto. And then he says, someone says something, he goes, it's the pesto of, what is it? It's the pesto of cities or the... Oh, no, Seattle. He's like, everyone's moving to Seattle. And it's like, it's the pesto of cities. It's the pesto of cities. I think I like it because I love pesto. Uh-huh. So it has like a special <laughs> a special place in my, my uh, Seinfeld heart. Oh, very nice. <laughs> yes. Uh, I won't go through my top 10 episodes. Uh, if you want to listen, you can do that last week. Yeah. Uh, or you can click on the link in our show notes, which has all of our episodes we've done man. so far ranked. Uh, of course. Do any of the characters, uh, secondary characters in the episode appear in your top 10 or no, top 20? No, I liked Antonio, but he was nowhere near the top 20. Yeah, nah. I'm the same. And again, if you want to see that list, just... Uh, check out the link in the show notes and yep. you can find all of our uh, secondary characters and episodes so far. Yeah, man. And that's another episode. Yeah, a bit of a shorter one this week. Yeah, but it's all right. Thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate the support as always. Whether you're listening to this episode and this is your first one at Bidwabask or you've been with us since day one, thank you very much as always for your support. And, that's uh, right. Tell all your friends, your family, anyone who likes Seinfeld about the podcast. You know, we love getting this out to as many people as we can, I guess like every other podcast in the world. Yep. Um, yeah, and you can follow us on social media at Bidwabask Bask, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C. Email us, bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we're on Patreon as well. If you want to swing a few dollars a month and get some benefits, uh, go for it. That's right. That's right. And finally, if you want to leave us a five-star review, uh, reva- uh, rate us or subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever, wherever you listen to your podcast, that'd be awesome as well. That's right. What are we doing next week, Ivan? Well, next week it is our two-year anniversary, Steve. Yes. I didn't get you a present, sorry. That's all right. So I'll get you something. Okay. All right. <laughs> we put it to you in Facebook and Twitter to determine which episode. So we gave four classic episodes we haven't done yet, and by a very slim margin, literally one vote. Mm-hmm. The opposite will be the episode we're doing for our two-year anniversary nice. next week. So next week, we're going to be good podcasters because we're going to be the opposite. <laughs> and we're going to be unemployed and living with our parents. Yes. That's right. Shit, I better quit my I'm job going. and move back to Queensland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I better move to Vegas where my dad is. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Just call him up and be like, hey, I'm coming over yeah. forever. Yeah. Sorry, I'll everyone in my life. <laughs> I'll meet you at the stratosphere, Dad. <laughs> yeah. uh, thanks uh, again for listening. Thank you. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. And yeah, we'll be with you next week to celebrate our two-year anniversary. How exciting. Shrappin'. Shrappin'.